Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so glad you're here today because we have such an amazing guest with us, Lisa. Beaming from the Sunshine Coast, Australia, Lisa believes we can all take control and rise up through our pain and awaken the giant within. She is a proud wife and mom of two stepdaughters with many tools in her toolkit. The list ranges from serving in the military to public speaker, holistic health specialist, leadership, mindset, and life coach, author, medical scientist, neuroscience researcher, and lover of woo-woo and teaching manifesting. Because of her own backstory of abuse, sickness, and facing bankruptcy, to name a few, Lisa has been an inspirational leader for 20 years. Her gift is helping people unconsciously trapped in survival turn their pain into power. Lisa's mission is to help driven, heart-centered entrepreneurs and professionals build a super strong mindset for massive results and overcome low confidence, overwhelm, fear, scarcity, poor health and weight issues to radically reinvent. Lisa is a master of helping people unleash their superpowers using neuroscience tools and techniques to reprogram and reinvent their highest potential to become unstoppable in health, wealth, and relationships, and be a world changer and legacy maker. Thank you so much for being here today, Lisa. It is such a pleasure to have you. I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Caroline. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, it, it is such a loaded question because um, there's been, uh, all I can say is, I'm in my 50s, so there's literally been so many different timelines of evolution of uh, where I am right today. I am a uh, a child who uh, my childhood was one of extreme abuse. Um, my dad left when I was four, but my mother had very violent psychiatric illness. She was in and out of psychiatric uh, hospitals for my entire life of living at home, um, which was brief. <laughs> I had to get the heck out of there. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you when you live in constant fear all the time of not knowing what's going to happen in the next second, um, you either go outward or inward. I withdrew. My sister went out. Um, you know, she used to fight back. I just knew that that was uh, putting gasoline on the fire. And uh, but what what happened as a I, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but what I do remember is that my little inner voice would actually say to me, Lisa, this isn't normal. You know, your your other friends don't live like this. And so there was always mm. hope that um I would <laughs> well, as a kid, you want to be saved. <laughs> yeah. And when I was so my dad left when I was four and that moment is really very vivid in my in my mind he he was sitting on the end of the bed crying he called my sister and I into the bedroom there was a single suitcase sitting next to him and he just said through his tears that um, I can't stay here anymore I have to leave uh, but I love you and literally he got up and left and that moment I think 
I think my world shut down because as a kid, you, you think, what have I done so wrong to be so bad that you don't want to stay and you don't love me? Um, fast forward to when I was six, uh, I was introduced to um, uh, swimming <laughs> in the school athletics. You know how you either have a swimming carnival or a track and field. Um, and, and for some reason, I decided I wanted to start uh, training. And so I went to a club that was full of champions. There were uh, national champions, a couple of world champions, and even an Olympian at our squad. And for me, this was almost like an answer to my prayers because they were, they were now my family, my mentors, my guides, and it was safe there. So the thing was is that, you know, six hours at school, five hours training, I really never had to be at home, even as a little person. Um, but what, what that started to teach me was courage and resilience um, and using the power of my mind because we would do mind movies of winning the, uh, of swimming the race, winning in your mind. And, like, I'm under 10 years old and exposed to this, which is, it's the the seeds of greatness really mm-hmm. for for what your life can become mm-hmm. and all we need is the seeds of hope and greatness for people to um to to be able to latch onto that and help them get through their darkest times mm-hmm. and so the other thing was that because i thought if i start winning i might get my mother's love And so it became a double-edged sword. And so I was driven to win, which didn't result result in what I thought it would. Um, It actually became another one of her sick obsessions. So I started to hate swimming. By the age of 14, my body started to shut down, getting infections, all these sort of things. And, And this is a real key to the listeners is when you're so unhappy, when you're in such a state of despair, your body starts to get sick, get injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's it's a way of saying you know that all of the hormones of stress are starting to break you down. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I went to um, I was then invited to a martial arts club, which was great because I thought well I can learn how to defend myself a bit better. I was about fourteen or something, <laughs> um, but the thing was is that this club was a metaphysical club and what that meant was that I was introduced to the eastern arts of meditation, tai chi, learning uh, how to channel my internal energy and learning to uh, understanding the background philosophy to that, the way of the Tao, the way of being and once again you know as a as a young person to be exposed to this was just more seeds of greatness to help me keep going under such circum terrible circumstances. It was it was a a living hell horror. Um, you know, I every moment of being at home, I did not know what was going to happen next. And there were you know there were weapons involved. There was it was just horrific. Um, back then in the seventies and eighties, child protection was really not that much of a thing Mm -hmm. and so because my mother was very clever with her psychiatric illness nobody knew 
she was just this perfect prodigy mother to anyone who saw her, but inside the walls of the home was darkness. And the the other thing about that metaphysical club was I actually felt really comfortable. I felt like, oh, this is normal for me. I understand all of this chi stuff. <laughs> I love meditating because really you become very present and, and that's the whole purpose of it. <laughs> but you also channel into um, what I call your infinite potential when you're in that state. Mm-hmm. And things became very volatile at home. Um, I Because moving into a teenager, you, you want to start to show your dominance in the world, your, your own strength and, and those kind of things. And that was very challenging because my mother saw me as a threat and she started telling me that she was actually going to kill me while I was sleeping. So that was really like next level stuff. I, I just thought I've got to get out of here. So I was a runaway child at 15, went to a halfway house that was um, very um, interesting <laughs> way back then. And, uh, and, and so um, long story short, I ended up going back home to finish year 12. After a while, I became very, very ill. I uh, developed anorexia nervosa because um, starving myself was actually the only control in my in my life. When you're totally powerless to everything, all of these things are really relevant to what we're building up to with um, how how people um, the pathway takes them to um, a particular career or uh, you know moving into entrepreneurship to to really shine their greatness, and so. I uh, I needed to um, finish year 12, uh, but I, I didn't get into the university course that I wanted to. I wanted to be a physiotherapist. Mm. That didn't happen. And um, so I joined the army. I thought, well, that's my next ticket out of home. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did and I moved far, far away. Um, but when you run away from problems as well, you don't resolve them. You don't deal with them. Um, they're going to visit you again. They're going to find you just through either a different person, a different circumstance, or the same thing keeps coming back. Um, by this time, I was very, very ill. I developed um, systemic endometriosis uh, and five other autoimmune diseases uh, because literally all those years of internalizing fear and trauma was literally slowly killing me. Um, and uh, I was I was so unwell that by the from the age of um, nineteen to twenty nine, I'd had abdominal surgery fourteen times to remove disease. I had a hysterectomy at twenty nine. Lots of horrible hormone therapy, um, but that wasn't solving any of my health problems either. Mm-hmm. I um I was quite severely injured in the army, which left me lower limb disabled and and living in a lot of pain. And um, and so I was discharged. I took myself to university as a mature age student and became a medical scientist. Uh, I thought, well, at least I'll be sitting down because I'm, you know, obviously limited with um, my movement capabilities. Mm. And but I'd always been intrigued uh, to be curious. You know how kids mm-hmm. always ask you questions like um, what is, why is, and then they ask it a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> thousand different ways yes um 
but I was always curious about the human body, um, mother nature. It was just why why does the water stay down and not just go up into the universe kind of questions? I was so curious. And so for me to actually learn like right down to the cellular level of human anatomy and physiology was just um, geeking out stuff. So uh, in, in medical science, in medical science, I was in oncology. So I worked predominantly with cancer patients, um, stem cell transplants, bone marrow transplants. And I got to see the the good and the bad of Western medicine, very pharmaceutical driven um, in treating the sick care. You know, there wasn't a focus on wellness and prevention. And I was was dying (laughs) very slowly. Um, By the age of 33, I was bedridden. I was out for the count. I could not get out of bed. And I just, you know, asking for divine intervention, I just said, I need help. I need to find an answer to my health problems. Mm-hmm. And um, and that took me into uh, integrative nutrition. And so for me uh, to be able to um, heal some of my gut issues and my immune issues allowed my body to start to repair. And so that... And I became very dissatisfied. Western medicine is incredibly needed for life-saving purposes. But as for healthcare, it's not focused on healthcare. It's focused on uh, treating sickness. And so I really wanted to be in the forefront of prevention and wellness. Um, But also knowing that a lot of people's weight issues and health issues actually come from trauma and other things that have happened to them as they're growing up. We are a product of our childhood, no matter how you want to put it. Um, That is where our belief systems, um, all of our our nervous system wirings, um, and and I'm going to use a big word here, epigenetics. Uh, So (laughs) uh, the the, uh, little receptors on our cells, basically I, you can relate to this if you drink coffee do you drink coffee oh yes <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you don't have a cup of coffee for a couple of days oh the worst withdrawal yes <laughs> <laughs> so all of our cells are waiting for that little caffeine kick you know they've got little parking bays on them and so if those parking bays don't get fulfilled your body actually has a physical protest over it and so when we live in the hormones of stress all of the time, these um, chemicals and hormones just flood our system and they form parking bays on our cells. And so unfortunately, we can actually become addicted to the hormones of stress. And so what happens when you are not having a rough time or a crisis in your life? Generally, something will happen to trigger that a fight in your relationship, um, you know, a thing happens at work, you um, fall in a pothole and twist your ankle, you know, just to get that fix. And that is our nervous system wiring. The other, the other thing that's really important is to understand that um, we don't know that. We are not aware of this. It's all happening in our subconscious program. 
And we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. That's exhausting. Yeah. But it's... 90% of that is internal chatter. Mm-hmm. And that is thoughts we had yesterday. They're just on repeat. They're on replay. We, we don't even know it's running in the background. And for, I'll give you a funny scenario is um, I had a, a client who was uh, one of my weight loss clients mm-hmm. and I don't focus on weight loss. I focus on health. I focus on healthy habits. I take the focus out of the state of lack mm-hmm. and put it into um, let's, let's focus on how you're going to feel the good things that are going to happen to you. Let's focus on your new healthy habits. And she said, she called me um, and oh, actually I was doing a follow-up with her and um, I said, so, uh, you know, how you, because she was a, a loved candy. Mm. <laughs> you know, she had the lolly jar on her desk at work <laughs> and she said, you'll never believe what happened. Mm. I was found myself with the fridge door open and I was eating chocolate before I even knew, oh, oh my gosh. This is actually happening on autopilot. I didn't even know I was going into the fridge, reaching for that thing. And before I knew it, I was eating chocolate. And so people, it's like when you got a packet of crisps, you only want one or two. And before you know it, the packet's empty. And, oh, I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, um, that is sort of like the, the short version of how I've ended up into a complete 360 holistic approach to, I call it both um, wellness and life mastery because mm-hmm. your mind has to be connected to your body yes. and you can't allow your body to run your mind, which is what most people operate on because mm-hmm. they're just living in those hormones of stress. And so, um, and I was getting really dissatisfied as well because a lot of my clients were weight loss clients and they would have incredible transformations. But if there was a crisis in their life, like a major road bump, Mm -hmm. even though even two or three years later, if they had not resolved that nervous system wiring that got them there in the first place, Mm -hmm. then it would be instantaneous. They would fall back into that person and before long um, be living just like they were for all of those years that they were trying to get out of that. Mm -hmm. So I hope that uh, gives you a, a, a great platform here. (laughs) I so appreciate you sharing just from starting from childhood till now and just all your experiences, because I do believe a lot of things are rooted in childhood, sometimes even like in the womb as early as that. Um, Just I spoke, I spoke to somebody the other day about that. And I think it's really so empowering the resilience you have and the mindset and every situation that you encountered and how you really navigated that because you use so many different tools and so many diverse experiences and range of skills and experiences. But what led you to embark on the journey of healing others or helping others overcome their pain and awaken their inner strength? And how was your own story of abuse, sickness, and facing bankruptcy shaped your mission and approach to a coach and leader, being a coach and leader? Yeah. Oh, I forgot the bankruptcy bit. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, people are saying, oh, how can that be funny? Well, 
you got to learn to not take life so seriously, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always throwing you something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got into a couple of relationships which ended up in marriage. Um, and uh, the second one, because I was such a, I like I was so driven, I was a high achiever. And for me, winning, achieving all of that stuff um, in my mind meant significance because we, as a child, we just want to be heard and seen. And that was not part of my life. Um, so I had a couple of investment properties by the age of 30 and because I worked really hard and I trustingly, um, my husband, ex-husband now, long time ago, um, wanted to get a small business and the banks suggested that I go guarantor with my properties to do that mm-hmm. and not knowing about business. Um, I said, sure. And uh, his business failed within 20 months. So he walked away scot-free and I uh, had a half million dollar debt and was facing bankruptcy. So that was that story. (laughs) (laughs) But um, why I wanted to help other people is that uh, that inner voice, that little six-year-old, four-year-old that said, this isn't normal. what I started to see were other people suffering that even though like my circumstances were quite extreme considering what my my friends were like Mm -hmm. um, as I grew older I started to see that there are there are so many people suffering so many people who uh, are looking for help and I can I can at least share what I've learned so far, you know, this is the stages of going through life, of being able to help people um, through my own experience. I can show them how I've done it. And that might not necessarily be the way that they want to take, and that's fine. But at least I can say, here's my experience. Here's my evidence. Um, This is how I can help you. So um, and and as I grew older, because when you're suffering, it's all about you. It's very internal. You're very contracted, and you you you're not sort of in a selfless mode. Yeah. But as I started to unlayer more of my own trauma, mm-hmm. I felt I needed to be a voice and help others. I felt like I've got a really big mission. I've, I feel like I want to help heal the world. That was literally, um, I'm going to make global impact. I want to leave a legacy. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's literally how my heart feels is that um, I, I want to be the courage and the strength and the resilience of those people who want to help themselves, that's a really big thing. Uh, If you want to remain a victim and have people drag you along, um, you're you're not my person. (laughs) Um, I need you to take 100% responsibility for your life of what's happened, even though you may not have been in control of some of it, but you are in control of what you do about your life. And, And so my... I just had this this big life's purpose of I'm going to help heal the world and that's what I just do every day in my own small way. (laughs) I love it. No, I think it's making a big impact and I so appreciate your transparency and vulnerability. 
of your experience because you feel the mission, just what you've gone through, your story, just even when I was introducing you too. But I think the biggest thing that you've talked about, like in when you were explaining just where you've been, where you're at, where you're going, is the mindset work because I do believe the mind and body are so connected. And you mentioned that that was my dissertation was all about the mind body connection because I do think it's so powerful. You can do all the work, but if you don't internally do the work, things are still going to pop up in a physical way, in an illness, autoimmune disease, all these other factors. And I've talked to so many different people's different walks of life of just have experienced things because of what internally was going on and holding on to that for years or decades but I love that you've had these experiences where you created these safe places for yourself and maybe not even knowing it at such a young age too, but starting with the swimming and then moving into martial arts and Tai Chi and all of those things, the mindset work of having exposure to that at such a young age yeah. and building such a strong mindset. And it's so key. It's a key aspect of the work you do. Could you share some of the neuroscience tools and techniques that you utilize to help individuals reprogram their thinking and tap into their highest potential? And are there any like particular practices that you find most effective? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. And um, one thing that I'll I'll lead with on that is, especially since 2020, there is a great awakening of people knowing that hey life uh really can be unpredictable at any time mm-hmm. and because we had so much time with ourselves to really internalize so many people thought i'm dissatisfied i'm unfulfilled and what is my calling what is my life's purpose and of course we've seen just an exponential growth of people talking about their life's purpose since 2020 mm-hmm. and so I, what my belief system is, is that if we want to rewire our uh, nervous system, we have to do it consciously to Mm -hmm. tap into our subconscious. And the way you do that is through changing your brainwaves. The way you change your brainwaves is through breath, meditation, and sound. Those three things together is my personal experience of the most powerful um, breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And what, what I haven't spoken about is the woo side of things. (laughs) I'm getting into this. (laughs) I'm very woo. Um, you know, quantum physics has been around for, uh, well, it's Eastern medicine is literally, um, the great sages and, and, uh, it's been around for thousands of years. (laughs) So, we we've just um, become humanized and westernized that it's sort of uh, not been forefront in our our life anymore. But um, the great awakening is happening, so that's really beautiful. But what what is important um, in my practice is understanding that on the um, metaphysical level, which is you know one of the the great Indian um, practices of the chakra system. Um, is that the chakra system are energy systems, uh, internal energy systems, and um, they almost all have their own brain. In fact, I would say they do, and they all have their own hormone system as well. Um, The first lower, three lower centers, and um, they are your survival centers. And interestingly, that is where all of my trauma and chronic disease was for the first 40 plus years of my life and it was uh, 
um, and there was an experience where um, we have our heart chakra, which is obviously around your heart space, and that is the bridge between your physical earthly essence and your infinite potential, your pure, authentic self. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a particular conference where um, something happened to me there, and I realized that all of these years that I had actually been living in angry desire. I had unresolved anger that I really thought that I had dealt with, but my heart was locked shut. And from that moment when something actually physically and I believe spiritually happened in that event for me, it was actually a leadership development weekend. I was in uh, Singapore. (laughs) So it had nothing to do with quantum and woo. Um, but, uh, from that moment, um, cause the, the speakers on stage, uh, they were, they were Korean and they were, they had a big picture of a blue door on the giant screens in the auditorium. And as a, as a leader, you want to be a servant leader. You don't want to be, you know, um, you do this kind of leader. And so I've done years and years of personal development. I've been very blessed that Jim Rohn, um, was actually uh, a personal mentor of mine as well. And Jim, if you don't know Jim, because he passed quite a while ago, he was Tony Robbins' mentor. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a name most people know. Yeah. And so I've been taught by the best. And um, the the speakers on stage, they were just they they oozed joy and love. You could feel it. It was palpable. And they were saying the blue door in in Buddhism is actually a representation of the doorway to joy and happiness. Mm. But they put a slightly different slant on it. And they said, is your door opened or closed? And they were talking about the doorway to your heart. Mm. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I had this crushing pain on my chest and I just burst out crying. And I just thought all I'm, I'm somewhere around the age of 40. And I thought all of these years I've I've had my heart locked closed ever since that little four-year-old girl saw her dad walk out the door. Yeah. And yes, you prevents a lot of hurt from coming in, but it stops love going out. It stops your self-love development. It stops compassion and kindness for not only others, but yourself. And at that moment, it was just like this woof. And a, a realization, and oh, I always have a big, <laughs> a big feeling when I do that because I'm remembering the moment. Yeah. And I just, I was crying so it was ugly cry, like <laughs> it was uncontrolled crying. Mm-hmm. And I just, at that moment, it flipped from angry desire to inspired desire, and that was like, oh, Lisa, you're going to change the world. It was just like boom, and I had this incredible experience. And from that moment as well, a lot of my own personal, real internal healing started because I'd actually literally (laughs) made the connection proper. You know, I'd been practicing all these years, but that was still blocked. And we can find that happens. And so the work I do now is through sound breath work and meditation, we start with the base chakra. And this is all through a 360 holistic health approach. I work on the wheel of life. You're working on your health, meaning your nutrition, your fitness, your rest, your sleep. Um, We're working on your relationship with your immediate family, your 
surrounding family and friends, like the greater things that you do, like how often do you spend on social media comparing yourself to other people? That's actually your centre of influence as well, which is very toxic. Um, Your financial health, your, your time management health, your spiritual health. So I take a complete 360 approach. But what we do is we work in the survival area and work our way up through the wheel of life to our spiritual infinite essence. Um, and by that time, you know, because what we're doing is it's a it's a progressive meditation. So it's almost like stacking as we're stacking all of your physical things of unlocking those and giving good habits to those. Mm-hmm. We are going through a meditation where you're conscious and you're reprogramming your subconscious. And it's about moving your brain waves into a certain brain state. It's beta is our daily chaos <laughs> stuff going on. Um, then we move into alpha, which is sort of your twilight. And then we move into theta, which is where really the magic happens of starting that reprogramming. You know, those people who have practiced for a long time, they can get even lower and lower into delta and gamma and so forth. And So those big names don't mean anything. All we need to know is that it's daily consistent practice as well of doing tiny little things and stacking on top of each other to to have that overall effect. Because a lot of people, a lot of people do courses online and stuff and and like they're given the whole course. (laughs) And you work uh, at self-paced through your own thing. That doesn't happen in mine. You have to get through the first one before you can even see what the second part of the the stacking process is because you don't need clutter going on and getting distracted or uh, about oh I'll have a look down there and and so that won't work (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you're right it's taking it step by step too because you might the psyche might not be ready to deal with that next step until you've completed the first step in yeah. that program. And I love that you take them through that as well, because I think a lot of that, like you were saying, the woo stuff, like I'm all about that and just like manifesting and understanding too. And I know you teach manifesting as yeah. well. That's part of your process. Yes. How do you integrate spiritual and metaphysical principles into your coaching and leadership practices? And and that is really part of the, the meditation process mm-hmm. because it, when when we can learn how to change it, the classic example is that people read affirmations, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, and chant and, and nothing happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, <laughs> same, like, same. <laughs> I'll, I'll try anything right now. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing is you're actually reinforcing a positive concept in a negative state. So you're actually now putting positive words in a negative emotion and and that's just like really bad juju so mm-hmm. <laughs> um what we need to do is everybody will have some moments of love joy laughter um ecstatic celebration moments that they can actually hold on to and bring that into their their body and feel that while they're giving new in, instruction and even you know even uh, reading positive I am statements while they're in, you know, they've raised their vibration a little bit. And and that also can start to epigenetically change, like the little parking bays on the cells mm-hmm. can change um, 
the the signal coming from your brain to your body to start because once we also change the parking bays on our cells we're literally raising the vibration of our body from that negative emotion into a higher state and if we keep practicing that every day it's almost like once the mind expands it never goes back it's it's very true yes. um you can you can weather the storm a whole lot better because you're not trying to weather it from the negative state you've managed to get into positive attitudes um and and so you're you're better equipped when things do happen is that you don't crash and burn um so badly uh you know things that would affect me for days or weeks now just affects me maybe for a few moments or an hour depending on how bad it is <laughs> um so yeah it's it's just um literally constantly being able to put yourself into a, a positive vibration for a short period of time to then put the positive input in to reinforce that on the nervous system. And once again, those three powerful things is, and mindfulness, you know, it's being aware. Mindfulness is such a big practice of what I do on every level of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, people, when they eat, they just generally got their phone in one hand and they're shoveling down on the other um, they've eaten. They don't even know what they ate. They get up and go back to what they were doing. Um, we've got to stop that. <laughs> we've yes. got to stop being in the present moment. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because even just like my research, it was around mindful eating because a lot of times it's just what the body feels when we're eating, but being in tune with that. And that was years ago. So I'm sure it's like shifted to all the research, but I love that you really focus in as mindfulness as like a huge concept for the clients that you work with. And I know a lot of the negative emotions that come from, I'm sure the clients that you're working with or have worked with of low confidence, overwhelm, fear, scarcity, health and weight issues, and it can be so complex too. And the processes attached to that, how do you support individuals in navigating and transforming these areas of their lives? And I would love for you to share maybe a client success story or two around that. Yes, for sure. Literally, it, it comes back to that wheel of life because we can't just help someone lose weight and fix that because that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, they've got all of these demons that they're dealing with. That, look at that, that 70,000 thoughts a day talking to them, <laughs> talking them out of that. Um, and and so. Really, it is, it's just taking that holistic approach to, I want to know where the person's been to be able to help me find out what their, their trauma tragedy or, you know, they could have even had a major illness in their life that literally <laughs> broke their system down. And then from that moment on, they've never been healthy since then. And so, it, and, and everything happens for a reason. So, um, when when I'm working with somebody, the, one of the first things is it's about what I what I want to know what their goals are, and most of them are small. Like they have this, they're even too scared to make realistic goals, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to weight. Uh, for example, I I've been uh, 53 kilos, which is about 120 pounds for the last 20 years. And in my fifties, you know, that's unheard of, of people not gaining weight, but what I, I don't diet. I, I, what I do is I practice a healthy lifestyle and, and that is what we focus on. Um, plus doing all of the, the neuro and epigenetic work as well. And I'll, I'll use a classic example of a lady who came into 
she was referred to me and uh, by another client success story. And she she was just like arms folded, really negative, that kind of um, <laughs> approach. <Yeah. laughs> um, she'd been in a motor vehicle accident. She had an upbringing very similar to mine. Um, and the motor vehicle accident left her with a lot of neck and shoulder issues. She ended up having a spinal um, uh, cord regulator in there to help the, the nerve signals. And um, uh, she was carrying around uh, an extra 40 plus pounds. And she, she said, Lisa, I'm not interested in weight loss. And that was obviously the first self-confidence denial thing because she didn't believe she could lose weight. Mm. She said, I just want to feel healthier. <laughs> and what people have to understand is that if they're 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, you can't feel healthy. And so that is part of the process. Yeah. Long story short, we started working on I was sharing some of my uh, audio book files with her. I was sharing some of the personal development audio clips and YouTubes that um, I knew would start to help her thinking on a higher level than what she was, mm-hmm. um, incorporating breath and meditation into her just little things of because we focused on helping the chronic pain. So we got to focus on what was really the issue at that point in time that she couldn't think beyond that. And so I can't say, okay, well, you're here. We're going to go there. And it's just like, well, no, I can't see that. (laughs) But what I can, what I can see is the next step. And what was incredible. And like she, she would drop the kids off to school, single mom, um, and of three and she would then lay on the couch for the rest of the day and then go and pick the kids up from school, cook dinner and go to bed. That was her life. Mm-hmm. And she went from uh, losing 30 plus pounds mm-hmm. to um, starting to run the little local 5K park run. And then she did a 10K. Then she did a half marathon. Then she did a full marathon. And now she's running ultra trail 50 kilometer, which in miles, I don't know, might be 70 miles or something. Wow. Yeah. Like how? (laughs) So, but to watch that, oh, I'm getting emotional, to watch that process Mm-hmm. And actually quite a few of my, um, I don't know if it's because, uh, you know, I've been a child athlete and I'm, I'm, I've always been physically active, even through my disability. Mm-hmm. I'm a no excuse girl. It's do what you can do. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you don't move your body, your body sits in chronic pain. If you move your body, you can release some of that. So it's very, very important. Plus you're stretching your muscles, your tendons, which can start to calcify and get very rigid, which causes create creates pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, movement eases pain, trust me. And um, and so literally watching that, whole, as I was saying, um, a handful of my clients have become marathon runners. It's, I don't run because I've had a hip replacement. <laughs> But it's so funny that they, you know, they've just, it's planting the seeds of hope Mm -hmm. right from the beginning. 
And I show testimonials of this person, that person, and they go, and and all they've got to do is, if they came from where they were, Mm -hmm. and like I'm in a pretty crap situation, um, and they're there now, maybe that can happen to me too. That's all you need somebody to say is that that planting that seed of hope. Yes. And that, that's what it's about too. When you see other people doing it, or you have that little planted hope, piece of hope, it allows them to latch on to the little steps to get to ultra marathons. That's crazy. But I know. <laughs> like I could barely I, I could run, but still it's just that concept of where they were at and where they've come and just it's a testament to the work, but also them doing the work as well. Yes. Because you could have the best program in the world, but they have to take the action. You mentioned that earlier, you take on clients that are hundred percent committed to their success and wanting to do something about it. And I'm curious as an entrepreneur and professional, what are some of the common mindset challenges or limiting beliefs that help your client, you help your clients overcome and how do you guide them from shifting from survival mode to thriving and stepping into their power like you have with your clients? Of course, I don't go into the, 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 the deep, dark secrets of, of my past, but I, I share a little um, snapshot of where I've come from to where I've gone and basically told them right from the beginning is that we can't control anything in our own environment um, that is driven by other people because we can't control other people. But what we can do is, first of all, we can control ourselves and what we do in our space, that the food we put into our mouth, the, the movement we do, um, how we spend our time. Are we scrolling on social media or are we listening to a podcast <laughs> to, to upgrade ourselves? And so from that, it's then also when all of this negative stuff comes at you from things that you can't control, your reaction needs to be changed generally most of the time almost 100% of the time because you're in that like fight and flight mode. You're like the survival has just gone boom and it's hit you and you just react. And so it's a matter of learning how can you respond better? How can you take a few deep breaths, which, which by the way, calms the nervous system immediately, um, even though you feel like your head's about to explode and you're going to have a panic attack. Um, but it does, it has a, a sedative effect on your nervous system. And the one thing that I always um, uh, had incorporated was I would remove myself from that moment immediately because if I engage, I know it's only going to make things a lot worse. And when I have stunt, stuck around and, you know, <laughs> and then I'm going to challenge you back, I'm going to uh, give you everything that you've just given me. Um, well, it just, it just, it's gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And yeah, so, so it's about these tiny little, um, Mm -hmm. showing people a map of, I'm going to help you do blah, 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 um, Mm -hmm. to help you basically improve your coping mechanisms right now of stop being in survival mode with every moment of your day and to give them better uh, coping tools so they don't um, take one step backwards and then three step backwards, one step forward and three step backwards because that's 
that's just going to drive us both insane. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, but I, I love what you're able to do too with the survival mode to thriving and it takes it step by step, but really understanding where that person's at and knowing sometimes you need to take a few deep breaths, like focus and ground yourself before moving forward or addressing something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, entrepreneurship often comes with a lot of its own challenges and setbacks. And how do you guide your clients in navigating these obstacles, maintaining resilience, the resilience you've had as well on their path to success? And what advice would you give inspiring entrepreneurs that are facing adversity? Yeah, yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is it's an ultra marathon. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So I have ran one. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the most interesting thing is a lot of people are coming into this space now with no business skills whatsoever. Yeah. And um, I went from a medical professional in a white lab coat looking down a microscope to running my own business. And I didn't know Jack. <laughs> I just had a passion and a dream. Um, and but what I did is uh, I and I didn't have you know I was facing bankruptcy, so I didn't have the resources. Um, but I was resourceful, so I did a lot of free learning. I, I took any tools online that I could. That was free marketing, free learning. Um, obviously, I asked I, I Jim Rohn. If you want to be successful, hang around successful people, study what they do. You know, I started looking at entrepreneurs, uh, successful ones. What did they do? What were their practices? What were their habits? All of those things. And so, first of all, you, you're obviously thinking that you are meant for more. You, you've got this purpose. You've got this dream. You've got to hang on to that every day because the storms come in. <laughs> <laughs> well there might not be money as well <laughs> um, because we have this great expectation right now we're in business I'm gonna um, build my website do this and uh, just I'm gonna get clients um, well no <laughs> yeah I've been there <laughs> it's like you're throwing a, a fishing line in the ocean with no bait on it um it's it's really tough <laughs> just hoping this fish is going to come along and and see it and snag it and well um you have to understand that it's also running a marathon you have to just um uh, build like and trust you've got to find out who your audience is even though you think you know you might not know that might not be really the people that you can serve um i have invested uh, a lot of money over the, especially over the last 12 months, because I went from a belly to belly business. This is a great example. I went from a belly to belly business for 12, uh, 20 years, which was very successful to flipping it to be an online business owner. And like there is a, there is a grand Canyon in between of, um, of the whole process because no one knows me online. Right. Well, they didn't. <laughs> now, they, now they do. When you started. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, apart from my, my client base that I had a database, but um, it was learning how to talk to the marketplace. And that takes practice. It takes uh, expertise. There's a lot of sharks in the water. Uh, it's a feeding frenzy of people trying to grab your attention as well. And, and so it's just trial and error. You've got to start doing stuff to see if, one, it, um, 
it's effective. Look at who is in your space that is doing really well and study them. And But just be prepared that you're going to uh, have a lot of lessons learned. You're going to be competing in um, literally a sea of sharks. So what you have to understand is that you have your beautiful genius gift. No one else in the universe has what you have. You might be a weight loss coach and there's millions of them, but nobody has the the purpose, the passion, the expertise of what you do and the way you do it. And so it's it's making sure that you respect that, you love that, and that you are going to be able to have your genius shine, but it's a it's a process. And you just have to keep walking through that process of one step after the other. And learning to be a business person, if you've come from being an employee, understand it's it's time, it's patience, and it's a learning from mistakes. You have to fail forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've failed forward my entire life. And I've I've looked back on the lessons and thought, that was a really good lesson or that was an expensive lesson. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that's the only way you can do it is to to literally be patient, be persistent and hold on to your belief that you're going to make it. Um, but study success of people who are doing what you do, you want to do and um, and just model them. Yeah, no, that's a really phenomenal tip too. And just like part of the lesson that you've learned as well, because when we start looking at people that are in our industry of what they're doing well, so we can learn from their ex- experiences, but also any mistakes they've made in the past. So we don't make that same mistake and just see how they have thrived in that. And, you know, you said you're very resourceful. You had to get resourceful in the beginning too, when the resource money-wise wasn't there. What are some of the tools that you've used in building your business in particularly like that switch from in-person to online? Well, I had to learn how to just get marketing online and you'll either pay someone to do it or you'll do it yourself if you don't have the resources. And so there's many, many free tools out there to, to build your own little website and landing pages. Um, and all you need to do, Google, <laughs> free website builder. Um, and, you know, everything is on YouTube now. So YouTube has been my best friend of learning how to do stuff. Um, but sort of, uh, you know, having a, a map of well of, of how you're going to um, actually market yourself is is really important but i i've i've tried many different tools i've paid for a lot of uh things that have a a subscription but quite often you'll find that there's a free resource first so for example like calendly to book appointments in your calendar you can do the free version or the paid version you know there's like there's so many different things i love calendly by the way it's so simple and and most people use that mm-hmm. um there's free landing pages so to, to be um able to just have capture emails and build your email list like with email um an email system there's things like uh, convertkit and active campaign it could be 8 dollars a month or something really small that has a system in place. I've got an all-in-one system um, that, you know, it's taken us a lot of money and a lot of um, trial and error uh, because we had all of these different things plugged in to various things, which was just 
just sent me mad really it's not my specialty what well, I'm just not tech <laughs> <laughs> um but now we have an all-in-one and and so that was just like yeah that's so cool um and and so it's just an evolution but you can also uh find lots of free resources online to be able to just do the basics you you want to build an email list you want to have a scheduling calendar you want to have a little landing page you don't need a website by the way um that that's not essential uh to to start with because if you spend all your time on trying to get a website done you're not actually building a relationship online with people you want to have one or two social platforms that you you're not selling and you're not um pitching online you're just sharing who you are what you do in your daily practice um of of your own personal habits of sharing lifestyle all those basic things of getting people to know you to like and trust you um but don't don't be someone different online to what you are behind closed doors because as soon as you get a client and they see that you'll lose them that's I, I, I'll, I'll be right up front there you yeah. you have to be so authentic don't try and be somebody else remember I said you've got your beautiful authentic genius you um just lead with that and and the right people will gravitate towards you yeah no I think you're so spot on it, it's being able to realize the resources that are available to you, YouTube using those. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have a website or not. Like, of course you want one up, like professionalism, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that's not going to drive in clients. It's going to be who you are, how you're showing up every day. And it's, it's that bridge. There is no, like you're this A and D it's like A and A that connection, but With your vision and aspirations for the future of your coaching and leadership practice, what do you envision continuing to make the lasting impact and inspire positive change in this world? Oh, Dr. Caroline, all I can say is I want to, and I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. I want to be um, in, oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um known in the top 10 of the female um, personal development influences on the planet. Mm. Big mission, big mission. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'm only halfway on my timeline. (laughs) I'm in my 50s. First 50 years was a whole lot of getting lessons out of the way. (laughs) Next 50 is, uh, is basically living my authentic me of who I want to be and just making as big an impact on the world stage as I possibly can, which brings me to be so incredibly grateful for you allowing me to have space on your show as well, because, um, you know, all of the voices, you are the guide, all the voices that you bring on here are planting the seeds of hope in people to be able to have them believe that they can just be who they want to be um, and enjoy the process, have both success and fulfillment. Those two things are essential together. First 20 years of my business was just success without fulfillment. Like there's a big shift that happened and, um, and that, that is priceless. Well, I can't wait to see you top 10. I can (laughs) see it. I, when you said it, I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, I got the chills when you said it, because I I do think it's definitely possible and will bless you. Yeah, it's about manifesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to believe it. That's key. 
<laughs> then the manifesting part. Once you believe it, then you can manifest it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I, exactly. And what message or wisdom would you like to share with individuals who may be struggling with pain, setbacks, or any limitations in their lives? What do you want them to know about their own potential to mm. rise up and create a powerful, fulfilling life? Yes, I just did a five-day challenge called Take Control and Rise Up, actually. Um, <laughs> and it was about a lot of what we spoke in here um, because you you just have to, you have to reinvent yourself yeah. to become you. Jim Rohn always used to said, uh, used to say about goals, it's it's not about what you get, it's about who you become in the process. Right. And that is so powerful because you already have that sleeping giant within you. Oh, I'm starting to get chills here. <laughs> um, and when you start to awaken that sleeping giant, you become unstoppable because you're so purpose-driven. You are fueled on internal motivation. You don't need to get it from outside. doesn't mean that life's not going to send you curveballs because it does, mm-hmm. but you'll be able to navigate them so much better. It's about upgrading your yourself to literally life and spiritual mastery. And when you step into that person, and that that giant is starting to wake up um mm-hmm. boy people better you'll be trailblazing like mm-hmm. you'll you will shine you will vibrate on such a higher level and things will be coming in downloads to you you'll be creative you'll be inspired um you'll you'll be magnetically attracting the right clients who need you at that point in time so just just trust you have a sleeping giant within you and it's just taking baby steps to take all the layers of stuff off that have been put on you over the years and just trust the process. Just yeah. trust the process. That's easier said than done sometimes, but I think it's so important. Like because when I first heard that, I was like, I can't trust the process. I need to know what's happening. But you know, <sighs> there mean. is so much beauty in trusting that in such a beautiful way to really close out the interview but lisa where can people find you use your services we're going to link everything below but if you could let us know too yes thank you so all my socials are on my website by the way i only after 20 years plus in business uh only in this last year i've got myself a website so there is a little tip you haven't there you needed go. one. There you go. Um, but on my website, which is my name, and my last name is spelt very tricky, so I'm glad you you've put the link below. It's uh, Lisa Marie with a double R and a double E in Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa Marie.com. But uh, I've got free resources on there. I've got uh, a couple of my signature courses on there as well. All my socials are on there. And um, uh, there's a little chat bubble as well. So if you do want to reach out and just ask a question, you can do that as well. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and just share my journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa, for just sharing your beautiful energy, the triumph of your experience of your personal journey and the resilience you have and all that you're doing to help people in so many capacities but it starts with the inner being and then transforms into their life around them. But thank you again for just coming on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Lisa today? I'm sure she would love to see that comment and we will see you on the next episode.